When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrate.com. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Tim O'Malley. Two-man booth today as we sort of spin this forward. I mean, the bowl game is 11 days away at this point, um, which seems like these bowl preps feel like they go on forever, and all of a sudden the game is here. I mean, we're flying out next weekend, right. basically. So it's, uh, we actually have some news to cover now, following the Jerron Jones, Durham Smythe, those injuries are coming through for Notre Dame. That's a big, that maybe a big difference. Yeah, they're they're certainly more back than we thought last time we met. We were saying Jaron was probably 15, 20 plays. I mean, he's he seems ready to go. Brian Kelly intimated to be way more than that. And Durham Smythe is fully healthy. Um, you know, it's interesting talking to Smythe today, just kind of going through for a guy to get hurt, hurt have knee and, and shoulder surgery at the same time, get hurt in the same game, talking about how he was just playing. He had you know got a shoulder in a harness. He was playing through it. Then he felt the knee. He knew something was wrong. It happened the play before Will Fuller's touchdown. Durham Smythe is laying on the ground, and he has the football football moment. i got to get off this field so I don't hurt my team with the 10-second runoff. He gets off the field, doesn't see the game-winning touchdown, but is happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just very funny how he kind of explained that story, but Smythe is good to go. He's uh, it, It'll be interesting to see how the offense can evolve with him out there. High, that's a high-level yeah. football intellect. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to catch up with Jerron today, but I just saw him. Physically, he still looks huge, yeah. and if they can just get that that fifteen high level plays and maybe another ten okay right. plays, that could make a pretty big difference with with Notre Dame's defensive front and the the rotation they're able to maintain. And I wouldn't expect him to talk about any weakness, but he he basically said they put me in right away, hit me right away for the first December bowl practice, and I felt nothing but getting incrementally better, which is the best news you can hope for. I kind of wondered if they were babying him along a little bit, just afraid to give him any contact which he's obviously needs at some point and he said no he's he's taking contact with the rest of the team there were no walkthroughs for him in, in December at least yeah it's gonna be fascinating to see what he looks like live because once you pair that that Liz Frank foot injury from last year it's been a, he has not had a whole lot of competitive work for a long long time and then just ramp up for two and a half weeks for a high level Ohio State team that is a huge jump for that guy. Yeah, it's not ramping up for spring no. <laughs> to get it or to get into August camp and ease your way in, but I think it's really helpful to him because he he kind of admitted depression at the injury. He did not know how to handle another year away from football. He mentioned he missed all of spring. He missed all of his freshman year. He didn't play a lot his sophomore year. He just felt removed, and once he realized he could play, he was all in. So I think, and obviously, I'm sure we're going to continue to get this ask this question this is no way impacts any eligibility whatsoever. He'd already taken a redshirt year. It has zero impact, so he was 100% in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the good news is he probably doesn't have to play the week after. That might be tough in this situation, mm-hmm. but they're ramping it up for that one game. Yeah, no question. I, I guess the other sort of team theme story, no names on the jersey for the first time in a while. I'm trying to think back off the top of my head when I saw those go on as a Hawaii Bowl they were on. That may they were have on been, then, Because sure. I don't think it was the Fiesta or the Sugar, so... They didn't go to a bowl game in 2007, 
2008. No, the Hawaii Bowl would have been the first sort of name, and that that tra- it's not a tradition; <laughs> yeah. it's a trend. It is. Like, yeah, that was a trend that, that maybe I don't know if it's run its course or will pick back up next season. But you know, I, I think we're always sort of looking for these intangible angles to write about in bowl games: who's motivated, who's not. It's interesting. I don't know how relevant it is. I mean, 2012, they had the unfinished business t-shirts, which obviously had no real impact on the game (laughs) itself. I don't remember those, actually. Yeah, (laughs) Um, To not have your name on the jersey, I think, is a little bit more of a statement. Um, And I think talking to the players, you get a sense that it's not something everybody was (laughs) like all gung-ho about, but it does appear like the seniors said, hey, this is what we're doing Everybody else, this is what we're doing. Just get on board with it, and they don't really have much of a choice. Well, if Notre Dame has the good fortune of Jalen Smith to be a senior next yeah. year, they will be wearing names on their jerseys, yeah. it would appear, because yeah. I think he wanted his name on this jersey. Yeah. But no, it's it's an interesting angle. I think I, don't, I think it's kind of a cool idea. I think if I was a freshman that wasn't going to play, I'd want my souvenir jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would like, yeah. but I, you wonder where it came from. I mean, it was obviously a very small handful of seniors made the decision, and I don't know. I think it'll work. it'll be cool. It'll be a cool angle for the broadcast. I'm sure they'll be happy about it. Yeah, yeah no question. <laughs> you got to know who, uh, what jerseys you're tracking there. You know, some other team news. There was a sort of a, a story written a while back about Jared Grace potentially returning for a six year. Grace himself ruled that out today. It was not something that ever really made sense. If you understand how the six year work, where you have to have two seasons disqualified for medical uh, medical ineligibility, essentially. Uh, on top of that, you know Brian Kelly mentioned over the weekend some younger guys who had impressed Nick Watkins, who really had not been mentioned at all all year, right. unless you asked a Nick Watkins question. Um, that, that's you know may, maybe that's noteworthy. Yeah, and he intimated he could play uh, a role. I mean, I don't I don't think we'll see that. I think if he's yeah. confident in Devin Butler, and Devin Butler did play better than people are giving him credit for against Stanford. That pass interference, a lot is not pass interference for one thing. That's, yeah, a lot better, I think, and. I, he mentioned, we asked if is Watkins pushing Butler. He said Watkins is pushing Cole Luke, and I think that was some coach speak, right? That he's pushing both of them and that they're making each other better. But, hey, if he could help out, that's maybe he's, if he's really, that would be a great December he's having if they're just going to decide to put him in there against Ohio State. But it, no matter what, it bodes well for next year. Yeah, no yeah. question. Uh, other personnel is Jalen Guyton out, suspended for the uh, bowl game, has been suspended for the past couple weeks from all team activities. Uh, pending the uni- a university investigation or disciplinary uh, setting. Every source I've talked to says he will not be back on the team in the spring, that this is it, that he will either transfer by choice or not. Yeah. Uh, but he won't be back with Notre Dame next year. You know, you look at Notre Dame's roster of receivers, even if Will Fuller leaves, that's a really talented group of guys. And, we, I mean, we talked about this in camp. I think we even had this conversation about Jalen Guyton. If he's your 12th receiver... Yeah. That's pretty good because, I mean, Notre Dame has had a lot of years, and I've been doing sort of a red zone project looking at Notre Dame's quarterback's efficiency in the red zone, and you're seeing passes completed to Robbie Toma in there. I mean, that that's not a player. Like, Notre Dame doesn't have receivers who have any athletic limitations anymore. In the past, they've had role players like Toma or Daniel Smith get in there and you know give them a little something in one area but not be able to give them everything in all areas. And, I mean, Notre Dame's – batch of receivers now is it's really impressive yeah fuller's back it's nationally oh, i mean it's the highest level there is because tory hunter jr is gonna be a very good slot receiver next year and you have a guy in the pipeline with cj sanders to spell him you know if, if you're going by numbers um this would only matter if fuller's not there i mean they even have positional flexibility we mentioned it brent's seems to be off the radar running back with all these guys coming back 
he could move back to wide receiver if you need it there. They have numbers, uh, but we, yeah, Will Fuller's there. That's, I mean, Chris Brown had a great year, but Equinemius St. Brown is going to be a heck of a player, yeah. and he's moving into that position. Yeah, and uh, I guess some other news, Ronnie Stanley, no surprise here. I talked to him after practice on Tuesday. He said, yeah, hey, going pro. Uh, that was a pretty easy decision. Um, I basically, I phrased it as, the moment you came back, did you know this was this was how the season? And it was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any illusions of coming back for two years. I, you know, I nearly left after three. So he's not a junior. I no, mean, yeah, he's, he's a senior. Yeah. Um, he's in the business school. He said that he will be back on campus for the second semester. Uh, I'm sorry, the second half of the second semester to finish his degree. That's all he needs to to finish that up. He'll be training likely out in Las Vegas until then, and. I always back to the sort of that motivation angle. Um, you know, we always talk about that with bowl games. Who's motivated? Who's not? Is a player who knows he's playing in his last game going to be motivated or not? And I brought this up to him. You know, if you're going against a guy you're going to be in the green room with in the NFL draft, and Joey Bosa, and he said he he was said, you know, hey, I would be all in for this game regardless. But there's no question this gives me a chance to really showcase myself at a national level but a, a national football league level and it's that's a great matchup because it's an actual matchup yeah you know you can get ezekiel elliott and jalen smith they'll run into each other a few times but it's not that that's just the way football goes this is a matchup that is you're gonna get going to de- 65 reps of that decide maybe. the game but you know what i believe ronnie stanley because he wasn't sure he was coming back for 2015 and the best game he ever played up to that point was the lsu pole game so he definitely was dialed in and yeah i can't imagine a guy that's looking to play Next decade and a half in the NFL, I have a feeling that he has his head on straight. With yeah, I mean, it's like once you, when you mine the NFL contract numbers, the difference between going fifth if you dominate the matchup against Bosa and the diff, and going fifteenth, it's about five million dollars. <laughs> I mean, if if you need some <laughs> five million dollar sack right there, <laughs> if, if you need some financial yeah. motivation, it's there for you. I don't think he's going to have too much of an issue um, because I, I think all he's played the last twelve games knowing. This right. was it for yeah, him. Yeah. So I don't really know what would change in game 13. In any way, you, you'd probably be more dialed up, not only because of the player you're playing against, but this is it. I mean, this is your last chance, and he seems to have had a an interesting Notre Dame experience, but I think one that he's enjoyed overall. Yeah, this Stanley, along with Tyler Eifert, the senior, who had actually had another year also, is the biggest... No, tied for the biggest no-brainer in the history of what they're doing from the beginning of the year to the end. They're yeah. finishing their senior year, and they're going pro in the first round. Yeah. T- Tyler Eifert announced in the locker room immediately <laughs> after the game, and Ronnie Stanley beat him to that yeah. by about two weeks. So that's great. We have, And we appreciate that as reporters, because then we can stop asking, as we did Jalen Smith again today, and he's like, uh, I got no idea, guys. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, if, you, if you use the letters NFL with him, he's just like, Mm, no, I'm not into that. Nice last personnel note before we jump into segment two. Khalid Kareem, Dalen Hayes, Devin Sudsell, Spencer Perry. Those are four early enrollees in Notre Dame's next class. I've all signed official non-binding paperwork with, with the university, which allows Notre Dame to announce them as mid-year enrollees a month in advance. Um, it, it, frankly, will give us a chance to talk to Brian Kelly about it on, on Wednesday uh, in terms of you know, where they fit in, what they liked about them, expectations, so on and so forth. So, you know, we've, we've covered NFL, we've covered high school, we've covered college. So that's it for segment one. We'll be back in segment two to take questions from our readers.
Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider for segment two, Burning Up the Boards. Quick three questions today. PM Moore, 1995, what is your honest opinion of the future of Malik Zaire, and do you think he'll stay if he's not the starter? I think he's one play away from starting if he doesn't win the job, so he's definitely going to stay as a senior. Uh, I think if he doesn't win the job, Deshaun Kaiser wins the job and starts 13 games next year and Notre Dame goes 12-1, and that there's no chance Malik Sayer would enroll for a fifth year at Notre Dame, obviously. Yeah. But he's going to come back for his senior year at Notre Dame. Even if he loses, first of all, he's not going to lose the job outright in the spring because no one ever loses a quarterback competition outright in the spring. Even if they do, it's not announced for obvious reasons. Yeah. He'll be back. It's I mean, He could win the job, too, but he, he'll he be back, and he's one play away. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser runs the ball plenty. It's Yeah, I, I, it's, <laughs> look, I, you look at Brian Kelly's track record with quarterbacks, Tommy Reese in 2013 is the only time he's had a starter go wire to wire since he was at Central Michigan. So, just the, it's college football today. It's college football when you have a running quarterback. Your quarterback's going to hurt a lot. Yeah, and I would be, I would be very, very surprised if Malik Zaire did not start a game in 2016 for Notre Dame. I agree. That yeah, at least that I'd be shocked. That's what, yeah. That's why we thought it was a big deal when Colt when Golson left. Yeah. Because we said there's no way he's making it through the whole season starting every didn't. game. Yeah. It just happened to be a little too. You know, I'd be, I'd be, I'm with you though. I'd be very surprised if Malik Zaire was a fifth year senior at Notre Dame because I, yeah. I just I think Deshaun Kaiser has everything that Brian Kelly wants. You know, maybe he doesn't have the breakaway speed or the natural running talent, but as a passer, which is what Brian Kelly wants, he's he's very good, and he should only be getting better. I mean, you just you look at the quarterbacks who have worked under Kelly, where they've gone. They've yeah, Golson just imploded at the end, but he got a lot better, and Reese got a lot better, and Kaiser will also get a lot better. And I know that wasn't a Dory Jackson on Temple chasing him, but Deshaun Kaiser can run too. Yeah, that was a nice looking. 79-yard run. I know a couple guys that couldn't have made that that started at quarterback recently. Notre yeah. Dame. And, but, you know, just, yeah, put a, a bow on that one. <laughs> if you have Malik Sire back and Deshaun Kaiser, you redshirt Brandon Wimbush, and you right. save that year, and you extend his career again. So, I mean, there's there's significant bits and pieces of, of next year's quarterback depth chart, whether you're one, two, or three. You know what's funny is when Brian Kelly kind of misspoke when he said our quarterback situation, he first said is as good as anyone except Ohio State, and then he realized, why should I shortchange people? Yeah. Is it the best of the country? Turns out he was right. Yeah. <laughs> worked out. <laughs> it worked out fine. I wonder if Cardell Jones will go up and apologize yeah. to him for that mean tweet that came out. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Uh, question number two from Wash ND with Devin Studd still enrolling early. Is there a chance he could start at free safety in 2016 with Redfield moving to strong safety? Well, it's they are Short on candidates. Yeah. Um, so normally, if especially if this defense is still Brian Van Gorder's defense, you would say there's a 0% chance that a, a freshman would start at safety. Yet, Drew Tranquil played a lot at safety as a freshman. Um, wasn't necessarily a true starter, but played a lot of football. Whether it's McKelty Williams or Drew Tranquil with now two reconstructed knees, or Devin Studstill or Spencer Perry... Somebody is going to have to start next to Max Redfield. I'm not really sure who that guy is. Is it, is it Avery Sebastian, yeah. who has a history of injuries? Um, it's probably a lot of guys. Actually. Like it, Max Redfield's been in and out of the lineup throughout his career. So I, you know, it would be great if Notre Dame could look at Redfield as like a sure thing at the back of the, of the defense next year. But I just don't think that they're going to be able to do that. I think it's going to have to be an open situation. They're going to be 
they're going to be just throwing stuff against the wall. So I guess to, in a roundabout way, is there a chance he could start at free safety? I think there's a chance of anything, uh, basically, at safety next year. But I don't think Redfield would be the strong safety then. I think that means Max Redfield gets benched. I don't think his yeah, skill set is yeah. going up and hitting people, necessarily. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah but you're the, right. Anybody could be back there. That we have, that, they have not played well. No, I just think it, it's a completely wide-open competition that is going to involve basically everybody, whether you've played... 20 games in your career or zero games or you just showed up from high school and don't know what's going on, they're going to have to try basically everything. He could do, Max Lerfield could do himself a favor by having a very good bowl game because then they wouldn't be looking to tinker for the next three months with his position as well. I know he had... He was on the all-bowl team last year. He was. That might have been the numbers, though, as opposed to I was thinking they could hold a team to under four touchdowns. That would be a very good bowl game from the safeties. Yeah, I mean, and he'll have, he'll, he will have a chance against a spread offense right. that's going to stress the safety position a lot to, to show something. And if he shows something, then then maybe you can, maybe it can be Zeke Mata against Florida State in the Champs Force Bowl. Inconsistent all year, a little right. bit all over the place, poor tackling. Just turned it on in that game. And then it was on. Like it wasn't one of those. This is his new bar. Where he needs to achieve this new bar. It was like this is just the new normal. Yeah. And if Max Reynolds can come up with a new normal, that would be great for Notre Dame secondary. All right. Our last question is from Rusty Bud. He wants to know at linebacker next year. Notre Dame has Asmer Bilal, Niles Morgan, Tavon Cody, James Onowalu, Grim Martini, and others. The one guy I don't hear anything about is Josh Barajas. Many had him touted as a can't miss for the Irish. What do you hear? I think he just got a mulligan. Brian Kelly kind of noted he came in out of shape. Um, and I don't think they were overly angry about it. I think he came, he, Kelly kind of said, or intimated that, hey, listen, he gained weight he thought he needed. He did not need that weight. <laughs> he gained too much of it. I don't, he didn't have a chance to compete in August with these other guys. He was always redshirting. There was no chance he was getting in this year. But I think it was, oddly enough, USC week, Notre Dame's biggest rival, where somebody asked about uh, Rod Barajas. <laughs> Excuse me, Josh Barajas. I'm going to do that, by the way. To catch okay. Josh Barajas. That, uh, how's he doing? And, and he had just started to kind of make the arrow up, mm-hmm. and that was mid-October. So yeah. he's got a good shot going in. I, just having seen Josh Barajas, like, eye test around campus in the summer at you know, when they were doing the Irish Invasion camp, he looked too big. Yeah. Um it looked like, you know, he would, and this happens to a lot of guys at college programs. They're like, unlimited food. <laughs> and then when I saw him warming up for, I don't know if it was Stanford or Wake Forest, they're like, oh, oh, that guy looks like a real good looking athlete. Like he had slimmed down a lot. So it's, I don't want to, it's not exactly like Lewis Nix, his freshman year, but some guys come in and, and get too big. You know, Brass had a hamstring on top. Johnny of that. Williams got too big. You mentioned yeah. that before training. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Alex Alex Bars actually got a little bit too big too. Um, you just go through that process. It's, it's figuring out how to be a college football player and eat like a college football player. But when you're not working out and training because you're injured or banged up, then it becomes very difficult. And I forgot going back to Washington D's question about Devin Studstill, and that's a good segue into the recruiting of secondaries. You got. A Troy Pride Jr. potential commitment on Christmas Eve, which I know everyone everyone who covers recruiting is thrilled. So about convenient. This. Yes. <laughs> it's better than Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, but as we spin this forward in recruiting, Studsill was the most recent commitment. Troy Pride Jr. has a very, very good chance to be the next commitment. He's a cornerback from Greer, South Carolina. Uh, all sorts of ACC offers, North Carolina, North Carolina State is involved. Clemson was a recent offer, although too late in the game there. And then also um, 
South Carolina is involved a little bit too, but look for pride to leave the state and look for him to leave South Carolina for Indiana, uh, based on, on, on everything that I'm hearing about this one. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned the draw of, um, going back to Barajas, the draw of free food and things that actually will be hitting us next week. Yes. The, the major bowl sites yeah. in their uh, open bars and open kitchens, that's going to be a challenge. Yeah. To so, stay in shape. That's a, yeah, maybe a good way to outro on our <laughs> podcast, because the next time we talk to you in audio form only will be December 31st. We'll do a podcast the day before the bowl game to preview Ohio State. Uh, we'll see how we have uh, come through media buffet lines and media hospitality suites all week in Phoenix. We'll be doing daily incident analysis reports from basically the Camelback Inn, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That's where the media hotel is. All the press conferences are there. We will be able to see a couple short snippets of practice over down there for Notre Dame and hopefully Ohio State as well. So we'll have you covered all week down at the Camelback Inn in Scottsdale, Arizona, heading up to the Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame versus Ohio State. So our next podcast, again, December 31st. But until then, we'll have plenty of instant analysis to tide you over. So until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We will uh, talk to you next from Arizona. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright the sun to-